whether it be philosophically, religiously, there was different defining lines of right and wrong, morality and morality. Now in the age that we live in, everything is just bland. There's no boundaries. There's nothing. It's an amoral society. And so everyone believes they have the right to give their opinion or their philosophy. And certainly we have that right, but what isn't right is to think that we're right. If we're going to declare any truth about God, we must go to the Bible. Not our own opinion, not our own feelings. But what does the Bible say? Because God revealed himself in the scriptures. If God had not revealed himself in the scriptures, there would be absolutely nothing that we could be sure of about God. There would be nothing that we could be sure about Satan, about sin, about holiness. In other words, it's God's revelation of himself to man because man is lost and fallen in sin nature. And so he gives one of the greatest verses in the Bible, John 3.16. Everybody knows it as a Christian. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The one who declares his love is God, the creator of Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The word there, created, is the word bara. It means out of nothing. You and I go down to Home Depot. We buy some lumber, some screws, some straps, and we build things. God just spoke it into being from nothing. The sun, the moon, the stars, the planets, everything. So when he declares his love, to mankind, it's not because he needs something from man, but the message is that he has something to give to man. That's the most clearest and the most simplest way to describe love, giving. God gives. Now, because we're fallen creatures, we usually interpret love as, what can you do for me? Or I will love you as long as you do these things. As long as I'm attracted to you, and then I trade you in on a new model. So our love is very fickle, very self-centered, very selfish from the human perspective. And yet it is to this world that God says, for God so loved the world. The world speaks of the humanity of the human race. Every generation since the beginning of time. Every nation every type of culture, every type of person, race, everything. Because God created man in the image and likeness of God. And so he created Adam from the dust of the ground and he breathed into him in nostrils the breath of life and he became a living soul. And God put him in this garden and it was beautiful. All you have to do is just tend to it, not really work hard. There were no weeds, no thorns, nothing. And he says, you can have everything in this garden. It's all for you except that one thing over there. Now Adam, prior to the fall, he had no sin nature. And when I speak about sin nature, if you're here, it means that you have a bent towards doing evil 
or choosing the wrong thing, and usually it's for our own benefit. You don't have to um, go to college to find this out. In fact, if you go to college, you probably won't find it out. But if you have a baby and he's four or five months old, right away you, you can see that sin nature. Who produced that baby? A human being. And that baby is born after his image fallen. And he reaches out to touch these fragile little glass things and you tell him no. And his little lip goes up and, and then 30 seconds later, he will look at you and go like this. You go by a store, it says, wet paint, please don't touch. What do you do? Touch it. You see a sign on the grass says, please stay off the grass. What do you do? You walk through it. Man is a rebel. That's why we need laws. Laws tells us that we are lawbreakers. You drive down the freeway, it says 65, you go 70. If it was 85, you'd go 90, and so would I. Because law provokes us to go further. And yet in this fallen state, God says that he loved the world so much that he proved his love. He sent his son to this world. He gave his only begotten son. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the three persons of the Trinity. All God. All co-equal. And yet, the second person of the Godhead became a man. And it tells us in the Gospels that the Virgin Mary conceived that of the Holy Spirit. And the angel Gabriel says, that which is conceived in you is of the Holy Spirit. You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. His people, meaning the Jews. Because the Messiah was prophesied to Israel. And yet, God in John 3.16 says that he loved the world. So it's not exclusive to the Jew, but the Messiah came to the Jewish nation, but he came for the whole world. Even back in Genesis 12.3, when God called Abraham, he said, in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. The Gentiles were always included, but after the Old Testament period and the coming of the Messiah. And so God loves us so much different that he loves this world that is fallen, it's sinful, it's in rebellion against God. And he sent his son to die for the ungodly. I presume you qualify. There's not one good, no, not one. Because we're not sinless. We're not perfect. We are prone and pulled by darkness. It's our sin nature. And so this love of God is so different than human love apart from God. It's real selfish. And he backed it up by his son becoming flesh or taking on flesh. And we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, John 1.18 says. His previous position was in John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning, God, the Father, was with the Son. And then he took on flesh. 
And then he walked on this earth for 33 years or so. And he died on the cross to be a literal sin for the whole world. That he tasted death for me. That he paid the price of my sin. And that is the good news of Jesus Christ. That he rose from the dead. He defeated death. And that he is the only one who has ever risen from the dead. And he is able to forgive sins to those who see themselves and agree with him. That they are lost sinners in need of a savior. That's called biblical faith. We're not saved by our works. We're not saved because we just think positive enough. We get saved because we believe the revelation of God that he sent the son to become sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him to be accepted by God. And the promise is if we believe that, then we recognize ourselves to be sinners and sin separates us from God. So to remove that obstacle, I must believe that Jesus took my place on the cross. He paid for my sin. And the receipt for that payment was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the promise says that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Everlasting life in the Bible, first of all, speaks of God-like life. That means when you recognize that you're a sinner and you recognize that he died for you and paid the price for your sin, you call upon his name acknowledging your sinfulness and you ask him to forgive you. It's called repentance, a turning around about face. And you ask him to come into your life and he says he will give you a new heart, give you his spirit, and he'll give you a new divine nature to be able to live in a way to please him. Never perfect, never sinless but you will live far different from what you used to be by the grace of God. And that is called the new birth, born again. But it's based upon God's revelation, not on feelings, not on emotions, not on persuasion, but a conviction that I am a lost man, that I am born and dead in trespasses and sins, and only the grace of God can save me through his son, Jesus Christ. And then as he saves me, he makes me his son. By grace through faith and not of ourselves, it's a gift of God's salvation. No man can boast. And then when I come to the knowledge of Christ, then I become his child. And I know what it is to be lost. I know what it is to be in misery of sin. Now, let's be clear about some sin begins being fun. If sin wasn't fun, we wouldn't do it. But sin gets pretty heavy and pretty nasty and pretty destructive the longer we walk down this road. That's why so many people commit suicide today. That's why they're at the shrinks. Because there's no hope. Jesus gives you hope as you see your true condition of lost. And so the one who loves you is the one who created everything. He needs nothing. But he loves you so much and he loves you in such a way that he asks nothing from you. He wants to give you something. 
it was to impart to you the forgiveness of your sins. So now you can have a relationship with God the Father and the Son through the Holy Spirit. And that as a child of God, you can be that light and that salt to those around you, your friends, your loved one, your wife, your husband, whoever the Lord may open the door. Never thinking that we can persuade anybody. I can't persuade you to go to heaven. I, I can't even persuade you not to go to hell. But your decision in this world will determine where you go, heaven or hell. You have all the right to go to heaven. But you also have all the right to go to hell if you choose to. It's a choice. So no one can ever blame God that he was unfair. Because he sent the only begotten son to die for every person ever born into the world. And every person will have at least one opportunity. This might be the only opportunity you have. Or it may be the last opportunity. I don't know. That's none of my business. But when you pass from this life, if you don't accept Jesus Christ, you will perish. You will not cease to exist. You will perish. My question is, why would you want to perish when you can go to heaven and be with Jesus for all eternity by trusting him? It's a simple choice. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever... He doesn't care whether you're rich or poor. He doesn't care whether you wear shorts or a suit. He doesn't care if you're bald or if you have long hair. He doesn't care whether you're brown, black, yellow, pink, blue. It doesn't make any difference. Here's the common denominator. Every person here, we're all sinners. Might be a black sinner. Might be a brown sinner. Yellow sinner. White sinner. There's the common denominator. And God invites you to call upon his name that he might forgive you and give to eternal life. Let's pray. Father, we worship you. We thank you. Thank you for your grace, your love. And I pray for every person here, Lord. And I pray that you would deal with their hearts. And we just thank you for this opportunity. As you're praying, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God gives you an invitation to have your sins buried in the deepest ocean to never be mentioned again and to make you a new creature in Christ Jesus and to impart to you eternal life by the grace of God. He doesn't force himself upon you. He's a perfect gentleman. He knocks on the door of your heart and if you will open that door, he'll come in and sup with you. If you don't, he won't force you. There's nobody going to be in heaven when you get there. If you get there and you see some guys out there in the corner of heaven and they're all upset and you walk up and you say, what's wrong, guys? Well, God forced me to come to heaven. I want to go to hell. No, never. But if you get to hell, you will find every person in hell say, I could have gone to heaven and I chose hell by rejecting the only begotten son who died for my sin and rose from the dead. Wow. If you want to know Jesus Christ, if you want to repent of your sins, right now, just lift your hand up and we're going to take you through a prayer right where you're at. 
right where you're at. You want to accept Christ. Say, I want to be born again. I want to accept Christ, my Lord and Savior. And we'll take you through a prayer. And that's a prayer of faith. That's not a special prayer. It's not a magical prayer. It's your heart prayer to the Lord to forgive you. And there's no sin that he cannot forgive. He died for every sin. And God says that he forgives him. And again, he buries him in the deepest ocean. And so, if you want to be born again, this is your prayer. Right where you sit. You don't need me. You don't need to come forward. You don't need to do anything. God knows whether your heart is true or whether you play games. If you're playing games, you'll walk out of the same way you came in. Headed for hell. If you're not playing games, you'll stand to your feet and know you're on your way to heaven because of Jesus Christ. But that's your choice. This is your prayer if you want to accept Christ Jesus. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. Give me a brand new heart. Baptize me with your Holy Spirit. I accept you as my Savior and Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.